0: You are listening to The Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora.
1: What is going on, uncancelled? Yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for those of you guys that are watching on YouTube. Hit us with a like on the video, please, and thank you. Subscribe so you don't miss any of this awesome contact. Like our session. Rate, Rate that, that apple. apple. I know it's go. really terrible. It's really terrible. We gotta come up with something better. But anyway.
0: I like it. Really?
1: I think it's cringy. Drop it in the comments if I you think it's, it's cringe. Either say cringe or class. Yeah, like better, class. Like yeah. Or like, just like, not like the weird chant or whatever. Like, rate that apple. It sounds. You like need someone to guys. write like a jingle. Anyway, we're not doing that. <laughs> here we go. Oh. Today, go. Reg, go ahead and let us know what we have. Um, I think you should. You're more passionate about this one. I would agree. <laughs> so, today we have a red delicious apple. Red delicious apple. Not gonna give my opinion until we go ahead and try it. It looks
0: very delicious.
1: It looks very good on the outside, I, really like I would say that. Um DJ, can nice we get a color. zoom in on this? Did you already get it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Ready? Here we go. Three, oh. two.
0: first thoughts.
1: There it is. All right. Did you like it for a second? I did. So, yeah, there it is. There it is. I'm still chewing. Okay. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Okay. (laughs) So, it's deceitfully delicious. Here's what I mean by that. Oh, Oh, man. I'm I'm having trouble talking right now. Um. Someone else, someone small. All right.
0: The skin, you guys, is terrible. If you just keep chewing it, I, it's still in my teeth. The taste of the apple, though, is not bad.
1: Yeah, the the flesh on the inside face. is very sweet, which I really like. Yes. But I, at first, I, I so I hate this apple. I'll just be very straight up about it. I hate before this apple. Before coming
0: to today, he already hated it.
1: I already hate it because I've had it before, and I, I've never buy them. If you peeled off the skin and just ate the flesh, I think you may have a decent apple. But the skin is probably some of the worst apple skin I've ever had in my life, and as you continue chewing, the taste just got worse and worse. I'm pretty optimistic when it comes to apples. (laughs) There's, like, not a lot of times when I don't
0: just want to go in for a second bite. But this is one of those times. This is a really
1: bad apple, guys.
0: Honestly, the s- the skin kind of like made my mouth feel hurtful. Yeah.
1: The only redeeming thing for me was that I got a pretty good bite, and the initial like crunch was crispy. Yeah. But then it just got yeah, it turned soft. Yeah, it turns soft in your really mouth. Really bad. Would it be good if you took the skin off and like made apple pie out of it? I didn't even love know. the taste. There's an apple like, initial- that's
0: kind of bad. The
1: taste initially is okay. Sweet. Oh man. I'm take yeah. I just but took a it
0: just, you like it. <laughs> but
1: then it just really gets bad. JB. JB just bad. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. let's go ahead with ratings, Brianna. Brianna, start us up.
0: Honestly, I think that needs like a four or a four point five. Okay, then I'm going with a four.
1: I think that the second taste that I had of it of just the flat, of just the uh, flesh sealed it for me. I'm going with a two point five. This is awful. I'm giving it a two. Yeah. I hate this. I hear that more than I hear a four point five. I, I change it to a four. I hear that more than I hear a four or two. This is not good, guys. Uh, my record At least it looks pretty. We're as leaving it is not delicious. It's deceitful. It's not delicious. It's just red. Don't buy it. Let's boycott them and make sure they don't produce them anymore. Anyway, that's it for this segment of Rate That Apple. Um, don't go with the Red Delicious. Uh, last week's apple was far better, and the week before that was even better. Maybe next week we'll get like an Envy on it, or something like that, just to kinda, like, save kind of like yeah. see. Yeah. But anyway, right. thank you for tuning in. Uh, also, we're gonna uh, have Ben switch oh, yeah. out. Yeah, I with, don't want uh, this. With somebody else, I'll definitely take it. Thank ben, you, Ben. He's gonna kind of switch out right here. <laughs> we have another guest. Reg is always the perfect guest for Rate That Apple. There, will never be a better. He's just perfect. Person. He's not guest. even a guest. He's just no. a, He's a mainstay for Rate That Apple. But today, you I on. have the privilege of doing the podcast not only with my <laughs> wife but with my sister-in-law. This wow. is my I'm sister. Her sister first. His His, there you go. His sister second. His sister second. Her name is Lindsay. Lindsay, say hello to the people. I can't
2: of oh, this. <laughs>
1: hello. Yeah. There you go. She said hello. <laughs> That's it. That's perfect. Well, so, go. um, Lindsay's going to be with us today. Lindsay is interning at Faith Church, and so is Ben uh, this summer. Uh, wow. And so we're happy to have both of them. We're happy to have Lindsay with us. She's home for the summer from North Point Bible College, where Brianna and I both graduated from. Uh, and yeah, so we're excited to have you on, Lindsay. You feel any particular type of way being on here?
2: Um, nope. Just feeling like here. I'm just here.
1: She's here? Okay. <laughs> That's cool. We'll take that. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about something that I believe to be the most, most or one of the most misunderstood topics in the bible i know every week i always have something like like big to say like a big statement but i mean this it is one of the most misunderstood topics in the entirety of scripture you may have read the bible before and saw the word suffering or suffer in the bible or perhaps like the three of us you have heard people discuss the concept of suffering in christianity Many Christians have this idea that when the Bible suggests the idea of suffering, it's meaning that a Christian should live a defeated, sick life, that they just have all these problems in it, and really that equates to biblical suffering or suffering for the gospel's sake. However, this is not biblical suffering, and that is what we are planning on showing you today. What is biblical suffering? What it is and what it is not.
2: I agree. With all of that. I'm excited to talk about this
0: this.
1: today. She's happy to discuss it and she (coughs) agrees.
2: Happy happy to discuss it.
1: That's good. (laughs) I'm happy. I wouldn't have had them on the podcast if if we had any issues here. (laughs) But biblical suffering is far different than what the average believer may believe that it is. You know, sometimes people like to get in their feelings with with biblical suffering. And uh, here's what we're going to do first. We're going to start with first our first two points, what it is not and then what it is. So our first point, well, Lindsay, why don't you go ahead and read us our first point?
2: Biblical suffering does not promote defeat.
1: Biblical suffering does not promote the idea of defeat.
2: Okay. Ephesians 2, 6
0: says... For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus.
1: Mm. Seated with Christ in heavenly places. The believer is seated with Christ in total victory. Christ has total victory. Ephesians one 20 through 20-21, it tells us that Christ has total victory. And if we're seated with Christ, then we have total victory. So to believe this idea that a Christian must suffer biblically, and in that biblical suffering they must suffer defeat, then that's just an incorrect understanding, being that the believer is positioned in victory with Christ. Therefore, biblical suffering, it cannot promote defeat. Uh, 1 John 5, 4-5. through 5. Uh, Lindsay, do you have that? I do have it. Lindsay, can you read that?
2: For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This mm. is the victory that mm. has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God.
1: Mm. Lindsay, this is the what? What? What does that word say? This is the what?
2: <laughs> the Victory.
1: Victory. This is the victory that we have. Wow. Some, sometimes I think talking to people that they think that this is the defeat that we have through Christ Jesus. It's This is the victory that we overcome through our faith in Christ Jesus. You are an overcomer. You don't suffer defeat. That's not what, you, that's not what God has def, uh, intended for when the word suffering is used throughout Scripture. Um, you know, who would have this desire to serve a God that would basically just say you need to be depressed, anxious, and defeated all the time? Who would, who would want to serve that God that just Nothing. wants you to be suffering, suffering and defeated and, you know, depressed and life is miserable and you're defeated and that's the type of God you serve. But don't worry, one day you'll get to heaven and it will be better. That is not the God that we serve and that's not the Bible that we read. The good news about serving God is that he wants you to be victorious and not defeated, and he's made availability for you to be able to walk in victory. Right.
0: That's right. And some people, the people who, you know, Believe that, you know, this is the way we're supposed to live and then someday when we get to heaven it will all get better. How does that make your life any different from the rest of the world? You're supposed to be living this life that's different as a believer. You're a Christian and you have Jesus Christ, but then you look like the rest of the world. There's the problem there and it doesn't line up with the scripture.
2: it's not even just, like, what people say. Like, you could be like, oh, well, like, Joey, Brianna, Lindsay, you're just saying that. Like, you're just saying that's how we're supposed to live. But the Bible literally is saying, who is it that overcomes the world? It's the person who believes in Jesus. It's not the sinner down the street who's dealing drugs and sleeping around, but it's the person who believes in Jesus that is able to overcome the world with the Lord.
1: Right, and how could could we be an overcomer of this world if— we cannot overcome things of this world, right? And something that's a thing of this world is is sadness, is depression. That is something that is a thing of this world. Yes, there's a time for mourning where, you know, a friend dies, uh, your mom dies, your dad dies. Yes, there's a time to, you know, sit there and reflect upon their life, and you might feel sad for a second, but we should not be living in depression, living in anxiety and all of these things. And how could we say, you know, well, I'm supposed to live a defeated life, and still say that we're an overcomer of the world. The world is is where defeat is. The world is where lack is. The world is where misery is. But rather, when we overcome the world, we understand that we also overcome those things. So, biblical suffering does not promote defeat, because if it did, it would be contradicting other scriptures. And that's just a good rule of thumb when you're reading the Bible. If I read a scripture... And it seems to clearly contradict another scripture. There must be some problem in the interpretation that you took away and the understanding that you took away of that passage because the Bible does not contradict itself. Although people have tried to make the Bible contradict itself, I can promise you, if somebody were to bring me an apparent contradiction or someone were to bring someone that knows the word an apparent contradiction, they would be able to point out why it actually does not contradict. The Bible never contradicts itself. So biblical suffering... And victory, living in victory. If biblical suffering is defeat, and we're supposed to live in victory, that would be a clear contradiction. That would be a problem in the scripture.
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Good. Um. So biblical suffering does not promote defeat, Brianna. Why don't you share the second point of what biblical suffering is not? Our
0: second point is that biblical suffering is not lack
1: or sickness. Mm. Biblical has- suffering is not lack. Or sickness. Brianna, do you have the verse that you said? Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me see. I can grab it too if you want because um, I'm I already have it. there. Uh, Verse 16. If you've been at impact at any period of time, this is a verse that you've probably heard me quote a number of times because I believe it's essential that a believer knows this verse and has it in their spirit, understands that this verse, every time that I'm sick, every time that I feel sick in my body, I can remember this verse. So Matthew eight sixteen through 17
0: That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases.
1: I'm not going to spend much time here because you guys have heard me talk about healing before many, many, many times. Uh, So we're, we're focusing on what biblical suffering is today, so I want to move on from this. But some people would claim, I'm sick, therefore I'm suffering for Jesus. When in reality, Jesus said, no, I took your sickness. I'm just reading the Bible here. He took our sickness and removed our diseases. I didn't add any of my own verbiage into there. You can look up the verse yourself. He took our sickness and removed our diseases. How could biblical suffering be something that Jesus took? How? It can't. That would be a contradiction in Scripture. So biblical suffering is not sickness it can it 's not possible, uh, I think that that's honestly all I have to say about that, unless you guys have anything to I add
2: no, I agree completely
1: um luke four eighteen Linz, do you have that I do go ahead and read that
2: the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free
1: amen, and that right that scripture is actually the um Kind of like our, our theme at Impact, that Jesus came to set you free. Obviously, we're associated with Faith Church, so our main vision is that with Jesus, you're destined to win. But within that, the reason why we're destined to win is because Jesus came to set us free. Uh, Luke 4.18, it clearly shows us the things that that God, that Jesus came to set us free from. And so... Those things, it says what Jesus came to set us free from. And so if anyone claims to suffer for the sake of the gospel and suffer something, and you're saying like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just suffering for Jesus and it's his will for me to suffer this right now. And it says any of those things listed in Luke 4, 18, that's a contradiction to scripture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're good. I agree. They agree. You cannot biblically suffer something that Jesus paid for. Not possible. Can't do it. It's you you cannot biblically suffer. You may suffer something in your life that Jesus came for, but to say that you're biblically suffering to say that I'm suffering and that this is what God wants for me and this is biblical suffering and you're saying that Jesus saying something that Jesus paid for is biblical suffering. You can't do that. That's actually a mockery to what Jesus actually did for us to say that well I'm just biblically suffering something that Jesus paid for. You don't have to do that. Yes you, you know you may suffer things in this life right that are things that Jesus did pay for and people may suffer those things but the right the godly the people that are in Christ can actually do something about those things that come into their life and believe God that Jesus already paid for this so even though this may be coming into my life right now I could take authority over that thing in Jesus name
2: yeah and you know like how like people who would say that God sent them sickness or sent them a problem and that they're suffering per se that's wrong if you think that God is good Why would he send you sickness? Sickness isn't good. Sickness is bad. Sickness is only from the devil. It's not from God. And there's a verse in the Bible that talks about that if a man gives good gifts to their children, why would God not want to give good gifts to you? And why can he not give you even a better gift? So that is true, too. Like, why would God send you sickness? Because it's not something good. God sends you good things. Your earthly father would never want you to be sick. He never wished that upon you. Right. So that's true of god too god doesn't want you to be sick he doesn't want you to be in lack but he wants you to be in blessing he wants you to be healthy he wants you to be whole so that's not a biblical way to suffer because it's not what god wills for your life
1: yeah Uh, absolutely Absolutely. That, that's powerful that she brought up that verse about how, you know, God, uh, h- how much more does God want to give good gifts to us, right? And uh, like it literally says uh, in that passage, it said, what uh, good father, if your child asked for, um, what was it, food would give them a stone. You know, people have this idea, well, God's definition of good might be different than our definition of good sometimes. And it's like, Hold on one second, but he's a good father who wants to give good gifts to his children. If we ask for something, right, and we ask for something that's good, that's not sinful or anything like that, what type of good father would sit, would sit there and say, you know, or even like, let's just take it like this, right? Uh, me being a good husband to Brianna. If, were to, if I were to say, you know what, I think it would be good for Brianna right now for her to have cancer. So here's what we're going I'm gonna do. Uh, she's gonna go ahead and she's gonna have this or whatever. Like she's gonna I'm gonna go you know, give her cancer because I think it would be good for her right now. You guys would I would be in jail if I somehow found a way to be, to, to give that to her. You guys, anybody, any believer in Christ would agree with me right now that if I did that and somehow were to inflict some type of harm upon her to teach her a lesson, you would all say that I was an abusive husband. I would be canceled. I wouldn't allow to be a pastor, as I should be. Because if I did something like that, I shouldn't be a pastor. But somehow we somehow ascribe those things to God.
0: Yeah, and it completely contradicts his character as right? a good giver. Yeah. Like as him being good. We talked about how God's the only one who's good. Like he gives us yes. everything about him is good so we can't we can't change his character based upon our circumstance right that doesn't that's not that's not okay
2: And if you're going to go by those things, it makes God unpredictable. That makes it Mm. a father I can never expect anything from. You know, an abusive dad or a father who's not good, you can't expect anything good from him. You can't expect him to provide for you. You can't expect him to take care of you. But our God is a good heavenly father who does take care of us. And he is predictable. We know when he's going to be good to us. We know that he's going to take care of us. We don't have to think, oh, no, am I going to wake up and be sick tomorrow? No, I'm going to wake up and be healthy because God takes care of me because he is predictable. He's not an unpredictable. God.
1: Right, some people literally plan to be sick. Like it's it's the weirdest thing that I've ever seen in my life. People people plan. To, I actually like I, I'm I'm astonished. You're planning to be sick tomorrow. Like oh well, I was around so and so and they were sick the other day, so you know I'm oh gonna bad. be sick tomorrow. So what? Bad. Like it's just like what, what what's going on here? And the the reality is is that uh you know like like I just said like. God is not an abusive god he's not unpredictable I, I like how al Lindsay said that he's not unpredictable he 's not going to change with the wind he doesn't have bipolar syndrome. you know what I mean like it's like uh it, that, that's not what God is and that's not to make fun of anybody that may be dealing with that, but that's rather to just say that that's not what God is he doesn't have multiple personalities where he's just always you know switching on you all well, over the place.
0: It, yeah. yeah, and the word says that he doesn't change like yes. a shadow yes. like a, the way that, the way that the sun moves he doesn't change. Yeah. To, like where a shadow would go, but right. he stays the same. Yes.
1: Right. And and the scripture, I wa- one scripture I want to read, going, talking about biblical suffering. The Bible does say, in this world you will have trouble. But so many times, I was talking to Lindsay about this before um, uh, we, we got in here. So many times people just read, in this world you'll have trouble. And they don't finish the scripture. It says, in this world you'll have trouble. But Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Right. So you're, if you're in Christ, you're an overcomer with him. You're an overcomer with him. Like, You literally are an overcomer in Christ. Yes, you're going to have trouble. Yes, things might come into your way. I can't deny that. I'm not trying to say that you'll never have anything difficult come into your life. The Bible does say in this world you have trouble. But we can be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. So, yeah, there might be things that come into our life, but Christ has overcome the world, and I'm an overcomer with him, and so I can live in victory. Even when those things come my way, I can believe God that I will see have complete, not that I will have, that I do have complete. Victory over those things. Yes. Yeah. We um, yeah. yeah. We no, one. we
0: don't have to worry about losing. There's yeah. never a, there's never a, oh, is God going to win this one or is he going to lose it? No, he said he already overcame everything. So there's no reason for you to fear or to worry that your problem isn't going to be solved when you go to God.
1: Yes. Right. And, you know, I, want to, I, I don't know why I felt this on my heart just now. Going back to this whole idea that God doesn't send sickness, a lot of Christians can agree with that, but sometimes there's this idea that God even allows it. Like, he'll sit back and he'll just allow it to happen because he knows it's going to teach you something. Still not correct. Right. Because yeah. it, it's like for me to say, okay, let's go back to that same scenario. If I knew that if, if I saw Brianna walking, right, And I knew that if she went over there, let's just say hypothetically, that she was going to get a very bad burn and go to the hospital. And I, as her husband, I watched this happen. And I just said, well, that's unfortunate. Well, I guess we're going to go to the hospital now. I'll allow that to happen. Again, you would think I was a pretty sick and twisted person to just sit there and do that. Even if I knew that Brianna might learn something through it, she'll learn how to take care of burns. Like, you know, like... (laughs) Like that's like that that's preposterous. Like that's like I, I would be in trouble for that if I did something like that, or like a someone saw their child walking into the middle of the street and a car was coming by. Well, I'm just gonna allow them to do that so they can learn, you know, not to walk into the middle of the road. I would be in prison for child abuse. That's what would happen. I, I'm not. Right. I'm not even kidding. I'm, obviously, right. I'm I'm tongue in cheek right now. But but seriously, so. Yeah. Does now? Now, looking at that same example, if I told my child not to do it, and I did my best to keep them back, and you know I warned them over and over, do not go in the street, do not, and then they ran out into the street anyway and got hit. That would not be me allowing it. That would be their choice causing that to happen. Or if somebody were to come along the way and chuck my child into the into the traffic and have that happen, that would not be necessarily me allowing it, right? You know, in the same way, sometimes our own decisions lead to consequences, free will. Sometimes the enemy tries to attack our life and things happen and that's where we have to press in and rely on God to say, Lord, um, I know I maybe made this mistake, but I know that uh, your victory is greater than my mistake and and get right with God. Or Lord, I see that the enemy is trying to come after me right now, but I know I have victory in you and you can lead me out of this. So I just wanted to say that real quick, but now let's talk about what biblical suffering is. We, t- we established what it is not, but now w- what is it, right? It needs to mean something because the Bible does say it. Um, Brianna, why don't you read the third one?
0: Um, biblical suffering is gospel-centered.
1: Right. It's gospel-centered. So this is, a con- this is a verse that's quite deep and complex, so I'm just going to stay. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I'm going to read it. 2 Corinthians 12.7. Linz, go ahead and just read that.
2: And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure.
1: Right. So the apostle Paul was talking about this thorn that he has, and a lot of believers have um, have ascribed this to mean that he was sick or that he was, you know, beaten or not I'm not beaten, but sick. Um, and that just can't that, that just can't be that that that's like what the main purpose of what that was, that that's what the thorn was. Because, again, we just established that that's not biblical suffering, is being, is being sick, or what, that's not what, what um, is God's uh, desire for us, right? So what is this thorn in the flesh? Well, it says it right here. It was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him. It was literally a demon assigned to Paul's life to try and buffet him or to try and stop him from doing the work of the gospel. Paul was doing the work of the ministry of Jesus Christ. He was doing, He was preaching. He was telling people about Jesus. He was doing good things for God's kingdom. And it, the, the kingdom of darkness will take notice to that. And so the enemy literally tried to send a messenger of Satan or a demon to try and halt his ministry and slow him down. And that's what will happen sometimes, is that when we're doing gospel work, there might be things that try and come into our life that, um, that try and stop us from what God has called us to do, right? And so here are some examples of some things in 2 Corinthians 11 that Paul experienced because of this messenger from Satan and because he was preaching the gospel. Which one of you?
0: I have it. You. Um, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they? Is this right? Skip Skip, skip down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. More
1: like what he what he suffered.
0: Okay, I'm gonna skip. Okay, I'll skip. I'm gonna go to twenty three. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced.
1: I'm gonna cut you off, Brianna, because I wanna point this out. Imprisoned. That's suffering for the gospel, because he was thrown into prison for the fact that he was preaching the gospel. It was gospel-centered. He was doing the work of the gospel, and therefore, as a result, and because of this uh, messenger, this isn't necessarily specifically tied to that yet, but because of this suffering that he was going through, because of preaching the gospel, he was in prison. What was the next thing that you said?
0: Whipped times without number.
1: Whipped times without number. He was whipped. He was beaten because of his faith in Jesus Christ, and he was preaching the gospel. Next.
0: Face death again and again.
1: Face death again and again. People tried to kill him because he preached the gospel. Next.
0: Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes.
1: Beaten again, right? Three
0: times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea.
1: So. That's even like, like what you're hearing about the shipwrecking. That's literally because of that demonic force that was assigned on his life. They tried to, uh, haul, tried to get him off course. They tried to literally stop him from getting to where he was going to preach the gospel right. to the Roman governor. That's actually what was happening. And it actually says in Acts 27 when he was shipwrecked one of the times that the Holy Spirit told Paul they would be shipwrecked. And Paul tried to warn the, the uh, captain of the ship and they didn't listen to him and they were shipwrecked. Paul in that same chapter was snake-bitten. And again, a demonic demonic attack on him that he was snake-bitten by a very poisonous snake. And the people, they watched. You can read this in Acts 27. Is it 27, Lindsay, or is it 28? 27. 27. You can read this in Acts 27 where literally he was uh, snake-bitten and they watched. And they looked and they were like, okay, is he going to die? Is he going to die? And he didn't because, again, even though... There's these demonic forces, even though a messenger from Satan was coming on his life. It, uh, God said his grace was sufficient for him. That wasn't God rejecting him, saying, right. Oh, you know, you're just going to have to deal with this. Sorry, you, I have nothing for you. No, his grace, his grace yes. was sufficient for him to rely on God's grace that when he was snake bitten, when he was shipwrecked, that God still delivered him and brought him out, even though that he was snake bitten and shipwrecked.
0: Right. Yeah. Do you want me to keep going? No. Okay. I, 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 think
1: that, I think that we get the point with that. But here's the thing. Yeah. Even though that Paul had all those things happen, people would just talk about all the bad things in Paul's life, right? And that's suffering, 100%. That's suffering for the gospel. But even in the attack of the enemy, Paul still lived in victory. Right. At the end of Paul's life in Philippians, True. he says he was abundantly supplied. Abundantly supplied. Paul always knew he had victory because he was going to spend eternity with Christ Jesus. Paul was saved by, and protected by God many times from dying. He should have died, but he didn't. He was beaten and left for dead, but then somehow, miraculously, he was able to get back up after being beaten. They literally said he's beaten and left for dead, and then the next day all of a sudden he's traveling to another place to be able to preach the gospel. How? The grace of God. Yes, right. Grace was sufficient yes. for him. Paul did not die until his mission was done. How do I know this? 2 Timothy 4, seven. Do one of you guys have it? You have it, Lens?
0: Oh, I don't have it. I'm either. really
1: close. Yeah, you're t- you're close enough. Second Corinthians or Second Timothy four seven. Go ahead. Four
2: seven. Yeah. Okay. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith.
1: Notice how Paul says this is one of this is right around the end of his life before he was executed. He literally says that his race is done. I'm done, guys. I'm out. In other words, Paul did not die. Until his mission was done, people would uh, try and say. People might try and say, "Well, Paul did end up suffer suffering or whatever and and dying because of the gospel." Well, yeah, that's biblical suffering to die for the sake of the gospel. But he didn't even die until his mission was done, because Paul was in the will of God, and he and because he was in that will of God so perfectly, it he could not die until his mission was good. God, God protected him until his mission was over. Yeah. That's okay. You don't have to say anything. I just, I like to give an opportunity for them to say something in case they want to. But, uh, Linz, why don't you read the last point, and then um, uh, I'll read the text.
2: Biblical suffering is persecution.
1: Biblical suffering is persecution. Acts chapter 5, verse 40 through 41. Um, John, and was it John and Peter? I think it was John and Peter. If I'm wrong, then sorry. But two two apostles... In Acts uh, five forty through 41, it says that after they administered the gospel, the others accepted his advice. They called the apostles and had them flogged. Then they ordered them never to speak in the name of Jesus, and, let, and they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Look at that. Suffering and suffering after being beaten for Jesus. Not suffering because, wow, I have a fever right now. I'm really suffering for the gospel right now. Like, suffering literally because why? They were beaten for Jesus. They were beaten because they preached the name of Jesus. And, hey, I know we don't have it in America, but that is something that is real across our world. That people are beaten for uh, speaking Jesus. I'm thankful we live in a country where we we don't have that right right now, but... We have to be prepared for that. That's Mm -hmm. biblical suffering, being persecuted for preaching the gospel. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I actually served under a ministry last summer where one of the ministers I was working with, he once was preaching in a country in northern Africa, and um, he was actually stoned while he was preaching. He, like, got off the stage, but, yeah, people started throwing rocks at him, one, like, hit him in the head. But, and he was fine. Like, God protected him. But it's true, like, it happens all over the world, and you can't just think, like, oh, it will never happen in America. Yeah. Right. But because it's true. It's biblical suffering.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. That's like that that's a real thing that happens. Like people are imprisoned in other countries. People are killed in other countries for their faith in Jesus Christ. That's a real thing. And that it's almost a disgrace to real suffering to just ascribe it to something as simple as you know, sickness. No, it's it's actually a lot more extreme than that. It's not just your cough that you have right now. That's not biblical suffering. Biblical suffering is you being persecuted for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the funny thing is, is that a lot of people that subscribe to the view, or subscribe—is that the right word? Yeah. or Prescribe. Sub- yeah. Subscribe. Doesn't matter. What, subscribe. Okay, Ben's telling, Ben's <laughs> usually my grammar check if I if I s- say something. But so those that subscribe. To the view that suffering is, you know, oh yeah, it's just like sickness and lack and, you know, being poor all the time. It's funny because when the time came last year where there was a little bit of opposition towards Christianity in America, a lot of Christians backed down. And Because they didn't want us experience biblical suffering. What am I referring to? I'm, and, and before I say this, I want you guys to understand I'm not referring to churches that did COVID protocols and stuff like that. I'm not getting into that right now. I'm just saying, what about the churches that were so God, uh, afraid of the government to open up church and have services during COVID-19? What about they were so afraid. They were like, "Oh no, we can't we, we might get arrested." I know a pastor that uh, that some I know a, lot, a pastor that literally said this. That said, "If I am told that I cannot have church service, I will refuse to do it. And if they have to take me in chains, if they have to arrest me, then guess what? Take me in chains and arrest me because I would why the apostle said this, I would rather obey God than man." I would rather obey God than man. Am I saying to be foolish and stuff during COVID and, you know, start, you know, you know, kissing people and hugging everybody and licking people and stuff if people don't do that? But you know what I mean? Like, am I saying yeah. to just be completely idiotic and not care? You know, wipe, wipe your snot-ridden hands on the doorknobs and stuff? No. But am I saying I am saying that we cannot compromise what God's word says just because something that's going on around us. So that's an example. There were there was a pastor in America that was arrested for having church last year. Mm -hmm. He followed covid protocols. He was six feet. He, I think he i don't know if he had masks or not but he did six feet he had everything sanitized he had very expensive sanitation equipment that he sanitized throughout the service and after service. nobody came within six feet of each other and they still arrested him that's suffering for the gospel's sake mm-hmm.
0: right yep yeah we shouldn't we should not back down this is like uh, something that I was thinking about is that we sh- we can't back down we can't take the easy way out and the, almost the lazy way out and just say, like, oh, okay, like, you know, what I said was offensive, like, just because I, like, I said the, you know, I said something about Jesus, and people got offended, so, you know, I'm just, you know, this is suffering, like, this sickness, and, like, no, like, just because you said something, when you say something from the word of God, people take it offensively. Right. The, the gospel is, an, it's an offensive gospel. People don't like it because it comes against their lifestyles, their, their sin, but, just because someone gets offended by something in the Word of God, we can't take the easy way out. That's right. The Bible said, Jesus said, like, they hated me, so they're going to hate you too. So, you know, we're we're not to be people who back down, but people who stand up for our faith. And that, like, you know, this whole time we've been talking about, that's the biblical suffering that we are to take.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just like Brianna said, you know, just now, Uh, You know, Jesus said, you know, the world hated me, they'll they'll hate you too. You know what's interesting? And, you know, I'm not saying that, that, you know, these are the only people that would dislike you because other people will too. But actually, the people that really hated Jesus were the powerful religious people. That's who hated Jesus—the Pharisees, the people that were so bound to the religious law. They hated him. Jesus ate with sinners and tax collectors. He didn't condone their lifestyles by eating with them. He called them to repentance when he ate with them. Mm-hmm. But they did that, and a lot of people repented and came to them. They came to Christ because they saw the love of God, the power of the gospel, and they were convicted of their sin. And so this whole—sometimes people have this notion, like you know, well the world hates us or whatever, and so no one's, you know, you know they're just gonna, everyone's just gonna hate us. Sometimes it's re- sometimes it's the religious people that. That you have to be careful of, that are so religious that their their religion is more important to them than what the Word of God actually says. So, and now that doesn't mean yes, the world is absolutely going to hate you, like a hundred percent. There are people other than just religious people that will hate you. There are, uh, and it's especially going to be people that you come against. You know, they have power, and you come against that type of power that they have. But, um, you know, the biblical suffering is ultimately what is it? It's persecution. Mm-hmm. That's one way to say it. To wrap up this entire podcast, biblical suffering is persecution. Final comments from anybody?
2: Yeah, I mean, one thing I was just thinking is like, Maybe you didn't understand what biblical suffering was, but don't let what we just said, like, it's persecution. Don't let that scare you from telling people about Jesus, yeah. from doing what God's called you to do. Like like Brianna was saying, like, make a decision to stand. Like, make a decision to still go tell people about Jesus. Tell people in your school. And if people are mean to you, you know, like the disciples, like, count it as joy. Like, hey, like, I did what God asked me to do. People got upset, but whatever. You know, you're going to heaven. Hopefully some people get saved through you telling people about Jesus. But don't let it scare you just because it's like the – persecution or whatever
1: yeah that's good and, ones and
0: i think one last thing i would say is don't believe the lie of what some christians say is this biblical suffering of sickness of lack don't believe the lie that what jesus paid for you can't have like that you have to suffer through those things no you get everything that the word of god says that you can have you can have healing yeah. you yeah. can have deliverance You can have, like, restoration. You can have uh, provision in your life. Don't believe the lie that some Christians believe. That's really from the devil to keep them from having the best life possible. You know, the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy from our lives. So any of those things, we can take a stand against it because Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. So don't believe the lie that some Christians believe, the trap they fall in even for their whole lives, that there's people who still, even when they die, they believe that, like, the sickness like, they have taken, you know, is biblical suffering from God. Then, you know, we're not going to believe like that, and we're going to believe differently.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. That, that, that's uh, powerful and uh, you know biblical suffering it's persecution that's yep. pretty much th- that, that's the summary and uh, I hope that you guys learned something from this podcast if you did and uh, you enjoyed it share it uh, and uh, we will see you back here next week thank you guys so much for tuning in God bless you and I hope to see uh, many of you uh, at Impact on Wednesday night at 7pm
0: we love you thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of fifth through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.